This is the Brighter Web Podcast, insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. Uh, I am Robert Carnes, and once again, I'm joined by Mickey Mellon. Hey, Mickey. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to dive into our topic for today's episode, which is growth-driven design. This is something we've been living in lately and really digging into. I'm excited to talk through it a bit more. Yeah, I bet it's probably a new topic, maybe something our listeners haven't heard of before. What is growth-driven design. So yeah, it's a different approach to web design, really more of an iterative approach rather than building a website in one big swoop. There's still a case to build sites in one big go, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's a way to build sites sort of in chunks along the way using strategy and different pieces as you build it out versus building it all at once and hoping you got all the details right. They have a full course. Uh, We've all gone through at growthdrivendesign.com that can kind of give you the overview. And we've tailored it a lot to our needs, and I think if you go through it yourself, you'll probably tailor it a lot to yours as well. We'll talk through some of what we're doing with it. So you mentioned the iterative, that's a tough word to say, (laughs) uh, iterative nature of growth-driven design, and it breaks out into three different phases, right? There's, There's different stages you go through, starting with a simple site and growing from there. What's the first phase that you have to go through when you're doing GDD website building? The first phase, and really this should apply to all websites, but it's crucial to do for GDD is strategy. Just figuring out the message behind a company and what you want to do with the site, where you ultimately want to go, and then where we can start. Strategy is always important, but for growth-driven design, it's essential just to figure out that first big step. I know one big piece of it that especially comes into role or play with my role is is doing a lot of user research and figuring out how the person who's going to actually come to the website interact with the pieces that we're building. That's a huge piece of first phase strategy. What's the second kind of phase of growth-driven design? The second one is to build. Go ahead and build a usually a single page website. There's a few different approaches to it, but the most common one is just a launch pad is what they call it. Just a single page. We'll talk about some of the downsides of that, but especially for new companies or very small companies, just having a single, well-organized, researched, beautiful page is a big step forward from, from what they've had. And then you can go from there. But that, that next step is yeah, building that one page and getting started. Creating a strategy, step one. Step two is building a simple one-page website. What's the third and final phase uh, to growth-driven design? We say final phase, but it really never ends. Nope. <laughs> but it's learning. It's kind of going from there and continuing to build out the site. So in our case, part of the strategy we'll do for a client is say, here's what your site map should look like eventually. Someday you should have these 15 pages. We're going to start with one, but let's dream toward those 15 but then as time goes on as we get analytics as we talk to users see how things go we'll kind of modify what those other 14 pages need to be and maybe it becomes 11 and we kind of figure out what's next but then each month we build another page or two or add another feature or do some more research and see analytics and then just have this continual cycle of building and growing from there like you mentioned this is a pretty different way to build websites it's a whole different kind of approach and methodology versus what you know people have typically done for as long as the internet has been around. (laughs) So why is it worth kind of shifting our mindset and changing over to growth-driven design versus what we've always done? We don't always do growth-driven design. There are cases where a full site's needed, but growth-driven design can be awesome for a lot of cases because it's so much faster. You know, building that single-page site, you can build one-page site faster than you can build a Mm 20-page site, and therefore it's less expensive too, at least up front. I mean, the cost still, if you're going to ultimately build out a big site, is going to end up about the same But for a lot of businesses, building that single page site first and the smaller cost and faster speed to get it off the ground is beneficial. And then as things go, you can continue to build and spend. And, you know, again, costs will catch up. But versus spending, say, $20,000 to build a big site all at once, you can build that single page site for a fraction of that, which can be very budget friendly and get you off the ground, get you exposure and 
kind of build from there. One of their big selling points is collecting user data on how mm -hmm. people are actually interacting with that one site and then using all of that you know, findings and information to then, okay, we're gonna build the second page, but it's gonna be better because we know things about what our users are looking for and how they're engaging. And so the idea is to build better websites in general by using a lot of data collection. That's obviously one of the benefits of using this new methodology. But like you said before, this doesn't always work, right? There's not every uh, case that's gonna actually be a good case for growth-driven design. So. What are some of those examples and what are the, some of those downsides of using this as a web building methodology? Well, the big one is if you have a large established website and Google has indexed dozens or hundreds of your pages, you don't want to go down to a single page site. That would be, in most cases, a very bad move to drop down to a single page site. So it doesn't apply in those kinds of cases as well. Again, works for startups and smaller sites to get going. Growth driven design is not just about that single page launch pad. You can go through an existing site and kind of rework pages one at a time with this model and that can work well if you have a good foundation so in our case we work with wordpress so if you have a good wordpress site on a solid theme that's perhaps just getting a little tired and needs better messaging we've done this with a few clients already and this worked very well we kind of work through and redo the home page with a fresh look and feel and text and kind of every month work through different pages of their site so one i have in mind has hundreds of pages and it's working very well for this model because they have a solid base but if you're on an older platform or don't have a solid base but you still have lots of pages indexed, yeah, this is not probably a good way to go, and that's where a more traditional build probably suits a lot better. That's a good point, because if you look into and dig into the full methodology behind growth-driven design, it's very detailed, it's very thought through, but it's also the challenge to undertake and do every different step exactly the way they describe. <laughs> For sure. But you can learn a lot of things from it, you can take a lot of new methodologies or learnings, you can kind of customize it to your unique case and scenario or for each different individual website you work on, which is essentially what we've done at Green Mellon. Talk a little bit about how we have adopted certain practices and how it's impacted how we build websites. So it's like you said, we've kind of taken growth-driven design and done it different for us in general, but then also we do a little bit different for every client. We have slightly different approaches we take, again, depending on how big of a site they have currently and what their goals are and back to that strategy piece. You know, we do the strategy before we do any kind of building and in most cases, even price the strategy separate, saying once we're done with strategy, then we'll know what you should do, and then we'll price out that second step, whether it's a, land, a launch pad or a full site, or whatever's going on. But really just, for us, I think the best thing is sort of forcing a site to not be one and done. You know, we've always been pretty good about, even with a big site, you're launched, now let's keep improving, but it just feels different. When you say launching is kind of like, ah, we're done, and clients often feel like they're done, and maybe we'll do some vlogging and stuff, but it often get stagnated, which is unfortunate. And so this kind of puts us in a cadence from day one where we say, okay, we're gonna do this piece and the next quarter we're gonna do these pieces and kind of get that quarterly cadence of always improving, which for almost every company out there you should be doing with your digital marketing is never stopping. One of the big tools we use and we have adopted recently because of growth driven design is the wish list, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously works really well for building out a, a website. You know, we're going to add the about page next and we're going to do the contact page after that. Building out that kind of punch list of all the things that are coming up for the web build, but we've also taken that beyond the website to do social media posting, to do a blogging strategy, to do email marketing, all of those pieces as well. So it, it helps us to really tie into the larger digital marketing picture. Exactly, and those quarterly meetings then, again, forcing that quarterly cadence helps then having the wish list to go back to, which can say, here's all the things we can do next, what's our next priority? And again, we've done the research and strategy, and we have the analytics to kind of say really what we think is best with 
our thoughts behind it, which is helpful, but data behind it, which is very helpful. So I think one of the biggest takeaways, uh, if somebody's actually interested in learning more about Growth Driven Design, uh, is to go to uh, their website, obviously growthdrivendesign.com, and then maybe even dive into the uh, certification. They've partnered with HubSpot, which has some really good ongoing marketing courses, and you can actually be officially certified in Growth Driven Design like many of the people on our team have been. It's really interesting and worthwhile to look into, but like we said, maybe not exactly a full fit for, for your team in doing websites, but certainly a lot of things that you can learn from the process. Yeah, it's a huge, what would you say, about 40 hours worth of content to go through to really go through it. So it's, I mean, it's a lot of stuff and we've only taken away, I don't know, a quarter of it that we're using ourselves because some just didn't apply to us, but it gave us a lot of ideas. So whatever you do, however you build sites, I think spending the time to go through the course even if you don't practice growth driven design, we'll give you some ideas. Oh, we could improve in this area. We could do this a little bit better. And that's an interesting idea there. You'll get a lot of good information out of it to help you refine your processes. Absolutely. Well, if you have been, thanks for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast brought to you by Green Mellon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes at abrighterweb.com.